Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome everybody back to Backstage Pass Podcast. Uh, I am Justin Claypool. This is uh, Adam Wiley. That's and funny because that's that's my TikTok and, and Instagram name. Is it is. Adam Wiley, so I See, appreciate I, it. I nailed your plug for you. And, <laughs> it's already done. And today we've got, we have Jacob Chase. Hello. is a friend of Adam's and I get to learn all about today. So I'm here's excited. what's really cool is that Jacob, not only my friend, but we are childhood friends and I have known Jacob since I was 11 years old. And so this makes me super happy. We did a production, the first, the original Los Angeles production of the Broadway show Beauty and the Beast together. And we were chips. This what is what true. Are, what are chips? Oh, that's the that's the kid. Chip is the is the teacup oh. in Beauty and the Beast, like Bradley Pierce. Was I didn't know movie. he had a name. He's got a name, man, and it's Chip, and it's because the chip in his tooth, when he transformed into a cup, became a chip in his little little cup rim. Okay, well, that's I totally awesome. forgot about the chip in the tooth. Uh, <laughs> did we have to put a chip on our tooth, like a we black didn't. chip or something? We no. we did not. No, so we just, just had in the, the chip in the cup, and when we turn because when we turn into a human at the end. It's just mama, mama, hug, split, sing, bow. Right. That's it. It's well, like and we seconds. have to say, do I still have to sleep in the cupboard? That's right. That's very right. Here's I what's interesting. One night about I, uh, I screwed up that line and I got, and the stage manager got mad at me. <laughs> Disney's very particular. That same stage manager took over for Wicked. So mm. I got to work with, uh, that was David Lober, who is now doing Dear Evan Hansen. Yes. Very Did he interesting remember stuff. You? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He he definitely <laughs> remembered me. Here's what's very interesting, bud, is that when you came into Beating the Beast, it was just me and Jer at first, and then you came in to Beating the Beast. Do you know why they brought in a third chip? Have you ever heard the story? Uh, well, I think you were leaving to go act in a movie, right, I, or something. I don't remember Jack, exactly. I had gotten Jack but I had gotten the oh. lead in Jack originally. Right. Then Jer also got Jack. Right. Both Disney and CBS were saying, if you go do this, you're going to break both of these contracts and we're going to basically take you to court. And right. I was like, uh, and my mom was like, uh, so they brought you in and they were like, if he leaves though, now we have Jacob who's wonderful. And then Jer ends up going and filming Jack. Not my right. role but a different role. And then it all worked out anyway, because one of us did leave. Gotcha. So uh, crazy yeah, I didn't know the details of that. I just, I remember one of you, one of you were leaving and that's why they were hiring someone new. And it was, uh, yeah. I mean, I, but, I, I still remember vividly the, you were the one that showed me around like backstage the first time. That doesn't um, shock me. <laughs> uh, you, yeah, somehow you, you know, I think the stage manager was supposed to be showing me around and you like took over and you like showed me like the, the big box that we sit in with the mirror and uh, uh, whatever else The you, oh, you showed me also during the show, you wanted me to see how the beast transformation happened. And so you oh, like- It's so good, made by Jim Steinmeier. Yeah, oh, Jim Steinmeier's a genius. Um, but yeah, somehow, you know, I was, I was eight years old and I somehow still remember, uh, vividly getting shown around that backstage by you. I, wow. That's, that's pretty awesome. And I gave backstage tours ever since, not only to, yeah. not only in that show, but Wicked, I had everyone hold the green baby. 
All yes, of those I, I, I remember. That also, I remember that. What's the green baby? So when Wicked, what am I, what am I missing out on? So in the show, I live Elphaba in Utah. Born, there's no green right? babies here. There's green jello. Elphaba's born, and it's unnaturally green, and they hold out a green baby, like a green, like rubber <laughs> baby. <laughs> and so I have everyone when I do like the backstage tour hold the green baby and take a picture with it because it's hilarious and it's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, that's what you're missing for the green baby. And then I usually, I would do like a, a 10 minute magic show, like at the end. And Jacob was also a magician, uh, for a very long time, which really? was pretty cool. Yeah. I think that's overstating. I loved magic uh, and I used to practice a lot and perform little tricks for my, for my friends, but Adam actually continued on with it and has made it like a real career and is, is really pretty incredible at it. And I have uh not learned any more magic since i was uh i don't know in college or something but i still love it and and i'm grateful that adam keeps me in the magic loop um because yeah i don't i wish i still had i wish i still practiced it because it is something I, I still love but i don't so, so are you the kind of person that wants to figure out how every trick is done because here's where here's where i'm at like as far as magic goes adam shows me a trick and I just accept it for what it is. I accept Adam's a wizard. And I'm fine with it. Hold that. on. Pause one second. <laughs> My mic fell and it is being annoying. So hold on. Give me two seconds. Well, at least you don't sound like a robot this time. You know what, man? I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had Wi-Fi issues one time. He had Wi-Fi issues and we were up. trying to talk to uh to, to Michael Michael Lasky. Lasky. And and Adam was trying to talk and it was just coming in broken and very cryptic and ghostly. And mm -hmm. so it was just I'm right here. Made for a great TikTok. It was great. I loved it. And anytime I need like a pick me up, I listen to that audio clip and it cracks me up. <laughs> Tell me it's on your Raspberry Pi. Is it on your Raspberry Pi? No, it's not on my Raspberry Pi. That's surprising. I haven't turned it into a sound bit yet. I'm trying trying to get everything ready. I hear a dog. dog. Yeah, they've decided they miss me a little. Oh, I love them. But so are you square? Are you squared away now? Yeah, I'm good now. You're good. What were we talking about? <laughs> I don't remember. But this you is were what saying I wanna... Adam is a wizard. Yeah, so I, I I firmly believe Adam's a wizard, and he keeps trying to show me how to do like tricks. And my I'm not gonna absorb it. I just I want the illusion that Adam is a wizard, and can turn one dollar bills into hundred dollar bills, and can make coins appear out of nowhere. So... I can't do that. There's no way. <laughs> There's so, no way um, you can take a coin and just make it appear. Yeah, like, that's annoying. I mean, it's it's really cool. That. It's really cool, and I'm not going to try to figure it out. So okay. what I was wondering, like, Jacob, like, are you the person that has to figure out <laughs> how the trick's done? Or can you accept it for the illusion uh, that it is? I No, I'm pretty much always trying to figure out how something's done. <laughs> but I, I mean, I also simultaneously can, like, be in awe and love something. I mean, it's the same as making a movie, right? Like you, I cannot watch a movie without analyzing every like technical frame of what's happening mm. and the choices made, but I can also simultaneously just like be swept away by a great story and, and love it. So it's the same with magic, I think, where I can both love it and analyze it at the same time. So oh, here's I was what's doing... amazing. Yeah, go Sorry. ahead. Here's what's amazing about 
I think you, Jacob, is that I, I mean, I've known you for a long time. And whenever I have gotten to watch a movie with you or any of those things, it's true. You or even see a magic trick. You are constantly analyzing it, but you're also I can see your brain in, importing it into what you would use it for, in a sense. Um, and when back going back to when I was talking earlier off off camera about your uh, big worm um, event where the the cystic fibrosis foundation that you did uh, for the horror maze, you used a lot of magic and story uh, movie principles through that maze, which was amazing because it was not only it, it made you immersed into it, but you also used Pepper's Ghost and you used a lot of different things that just enhanced not only the scare, because it really wasn't about the scare. It was about the story and making you anticipate what might happen and using your brain against you in that way. And I think you're really good at building up some, your own brain to work against you. I think that's a brilliant thing about how, how you work. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I do think that's interesting to hear you say that I take other things that I've learned and put it in my own work because it's true. I totally do that. Like everything in the haunt that you just talked about, definitely things I learned in magic, uh, along the way and also like just the basic concepts of misdirection which is also kind of what horror is generally whether it's a live attraction like i used to do or or the movies and tv i get to make now it's and it's all misdirection you know and like kind of any storytelling right is like you you want to make people think it's about one thing and then hopefully surprise them at the end with something emotional that they weren't expecting, whether that's a scare or, uh, you know, some sort of emotional uh, catharsis uh, in another way. It's, um, yeah, it all kind of does come back to magic in, in some way. Sure. Movie magic. Sure. Yeah. And making coins appear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, can, you can pay for parking when I come visit. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so let, let's see, what was I going to hit on? Uh, that I think that's really cool about, you said that it was called Big Worm? It's called Big Worm Sherwood Scare. It was this uh, Big Worm Cystic Fibrosis Foundation was a, uh, a foundation started by my good friend, Joey, um, whose, whose brother had cystic fibrosis and, and sadly passed away. Um, but, but we used to do a bunch of different fundraisers for uh, the, the Big Worms Foundation. Um, and knowing my love of haunted houses and the fact that I used to kind of create them in high school as well, we as a group of friends were like, hey, why don't we do this for Halloween as like a big fundraiser? And what started is just a pretty simple, like, hey, we're going to make a maze, you know, because it's me and I'm insane and I like, I'm obsessive about things. And also my friends are amazing. And like, we just put all, our all into it. And what started is just like a few people coming the first night by the next year we were doing it, it was like 10,000 people a year coming through. Like it was- wow. A huge like a two production. and a half hour wait. Are you serious? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It, it's it's the it's still the best maze I've ever walked through. Um, His last you. one. I I am very proud of it, and and I miss it dearly. You know, the the only reason I stopped doing it was I mean, there's a few reasons. One, we had sort of outgrown the space we were in. Yeah. And then also, I just, for better or worse, I mean, hopefully better. It's like I got very busy with work, and I I've been able to enjoy. Uh, a lot of 
work, I guess. And, and, but what that's done is it's taken me away the time away from like being able to create something like that. And, you know, which would take three months out of the year to make that haunted house and Absolutely. You know, we pay ourselves. We would, you know, all the money would go back to the foundation. So anyway, um, it's, I it's a it. different creative, it's a different creative process. And now as a writer director, you know, I don't think a lot of people understand how much time you have to spend pretty much isolated from a lot of people just because there's a lot to do especially with writing is very tedious and um you working with your own brain a lot really yeah yeah no it's a lot of a lot of time alone for sure but but it's also you know what's what was nice about the haunted house or doing smaller projects like that is that you can start them and finish them in a shorter amount of time and like you can you know when we would do the haunted house we would come up with the idea the scares the story we could film everything create the maze and be open in three months right and then it and right. it's done and it's something you can actually show for yourself when you're writing it's it's the hard thing is it's like so few movies actually end up getting made and you know you make a living writing a bunch of movies that essentially end up on people's shelves and it's uh it can be very frustrating because it's like it takes so much time months and months and months and then there's ultimately no product at the end of the day nine times out of ten um and then when there is a product when i'm actually on set shooting something or when i can actually like have something i'm showing people in the theater that's like the uh that is the dream every time and it's like oh it's those fleeting moments make it worth it kind of but when you're going through it it's it is frustrating because <laughs> you you want those at least i want those moments back at the haunt where you're just like we made it it's here everyone can see something we did it's, it's, ta it's tangible. tangible you can yeah exactly yeah, yeah. i got no words yeah. <laughs> but um so i was talking with adam yesterday because uh i didn't know that i was actually familiar with your work and and i'm referring to the the Super Bowl Doritos commercial of 2016, right? <laughs> yeah, where, yeah where Doritos you, dogs. Yeah, the Doritos dogs. And I was like, I know that video. And so I try, I try to get myself familiar with everybody, one that Adam knows, or if we've got a new guest on, and I'm trying to learn more about you. Um, and I love that video. Um, and it's, I encourage everybody so to go watch it. It's hilarious. Uh, it's really funny. And then For the a guy who doesn't do comedy, bull. Uh, it's very hilarious um i love comedy i just not what i mostly get hired to do unfortunately um it's true it's uh let's uh, say colton yeah. colton never gets hired to do comedy colton is hilarious yeah. but colton is definitely uh, he definitely writes and directs horror horror yeah yeah i mean you know that's I also luckily love horror, um, but <laughs> but a lot of stuff I've I've written that has not gotten made is you know tends to be Comedy. more comedic in tone and um, or like when you're writing sort of action movies for studios you tend to have a lot of humor in them and and stuff and or you know I've done a fair amount of like adapting comics and stuff so yeah um, there's humor in that but yeah no I the, that that commercial was uh, super fun to shoot the little white dog in it is actually my dog. Um, is, is, can funny. can I share that commercial? It's like 30 seconds. Is it okay if I play it? Hold on. Yeah. Go for it. Hold on. I'm going to figure this out. It's online. Screen two. Dogs. It's not, it's not sharing. What? Hold on. You can hear it. Hold on. Let, let me fix that. 
Oh, that's because you have to hit the share button. <laughs> yeah. Oh, go me. Oh, yeah. You guys can see that now? <laughs> yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sir. That delivery at the end of that oh, one, too. So she was funny. just so good. Oh, yeah, she so was great. Good. Um, yeah. So, it, you know, yeah, unknowingly, yeah. that was my introduction to you. And I was, I'm, I'm like, oh my God, I got to talk to the guy that did a Dorito commercial. That's so awesome. I, I, I do honestly believe that uh, I will probably never make something again that is seen by as many people as that. <laughs> just because so many, I mean, everyone watches the Super Bowl. So I disagree. You know. I disagree. You, okay. uh, when you win your Oscar, you can take that back. But here's who, the thing. Who watches Oscar movies? I mean, I hopefully I, get to I, I do. do that at some point. I think I more do, people and that, I'm watch your the audience. Super Bowl than watch La La Land or Moon, Moonlight. Moonlight, is that what it's called? You know, we know we'll never know who really won. I'm kidding. Uh, here's here's the deal, Jacob. I I've seen you do a lot of creative stuff. So you are a type of person that if you want to do something, you'll build it, you'll make it work, no matter how you have to make it work. I remember um, with the help of your parents, you built an entire stage in your backyard in your in your childhood home. Um, I have seen you build, he wanted to be the beast from the Broadway production Beauty and the Beast for Halloween. And this thing was perfect. It was immaculate. It was to a T, exactly the Broadway costume, okay? Like to a T. He even wow. took a picture with, uh, I think it was James. And I was like, are you kidding? Oh my God, it's so good. How, how, how? When did you decide? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to do this on film. Um, I'm going to go to film school and this is going to be my career. When was that aha moment? Or was it just always with you? It was kind of always with me. Since I mean, I was an actor, obviously, as a kid. And, and once I started, like, I loved theater. I mean, I thought that was going to be my life forever. Uh, and I still hope to sort of do some more in theater at some point. But, but when I started, like, doing more acting and, and film and, and TV stuff, I didn't love that as much as an actor, frankly. Mm. I, I, I think I was kind of, I don't know, bored I, or, or just wasn't, um, it wasn't fun. You know, and whenever I was acting as a kid, it was always just for fun. You know, my parents never pushed me to do it. They weren't in the industry or anything. And, um, and so I stopped having fun acting on set, but I totally fell in love with like everything else around acting on set. Um, you know, I think, I mean, so much of like what I do at least and I imagine a lot of people in these creative professions is like, you want people to, you want to make people feel things um, because I feel things when I watch entertainment and it's like, uh, and I love it. It's the best feeling in the world that that escapism and that um, you can bring things like nostalgia and heartbreak and hope and just everything. Right. And, and as I feel like as an actor on stage, you sort of get that experience because you it's are instant gratification. It is the instant gratification of the audience. Filmmaking, you don't get that. But what you do get is when you've made it, you get that sort of being in an audience 
showing people what you've made and then it's like it's there forever and and film just became the thing that like combined everything I love I mean I you talk about creating costumes and building stuff like when I've gotten to make movies or like the tv show I just directed like I am there with the production design team and I am like helping you know at, at least give notes on stuff if not actually getting to paint some things or like with the makeup department like very specific notes with but also getting to like work with the actors and the editor and everything. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm pretty meticulous, um, you know, for better or worse, but it's, it's, I get to have my hands in all of those things. It's sort of the best because um, there's a little bit of magic, a little bit of performance, a little bit of like physical painting. I don't know. It's just everything I love combined. It's, I, it's, I think it's, it's always like all for the better. stuff I love. Yeah, I, I love I love that. I love that hands on approach. You know, I, I also like to create I just haven't found my outlet, um, you know, and, and I've done set building and, and design and some lighting. Um, and I, I even tried my hand at some acting, Adam. Yeah, that's oh, right. Did you? Oh, yeah. Which hand was it? Right it was away? awful. It was so oh. bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, so I, and I just never felt comfortable with it. Um, but we, we get to speak, speak to people like you where, where you're like, yeah, you know, so like my interests are this and this and this and this, and with what I do, I get to do all of these things, you know? So it, I think, I think it's rare, especially, uh, you know, that, that you actually get to do most of the things that you love to do, you know? So, it, I mean, yeah. do you, do you, do you find that rewarding or do you, or do you still have that? For me, it's always there's always like this little tiny empty spot where, where it's like I'm not quite sure what I'm trying to fill it with, you know. But I I try to search that out and then, you know. So I yeah, just I mean I just kind of wonder. It's like with you, it's like is have you found everything that you want to do, or do you still have that little tiny, little bit of something? I mean, I am nowhere near where I want to be in terms of like success in the industry. I mean, I I, I am lucky to have like been making a living doing this for many years now uh but of course like i'm not i i mean you know i had a movie come out in the middle of the pandemic like that was not ideal right like i got to make a movie so like there was the excitement of that uh Yet and i'm really still, proud of the film it's but, um no it did it did well for certainly when it came out in the pandemic but anyway point being like there's always of course something that i'm not totally like jazzed about but and I'm just someone that like focuses on the negatives of things, unfortunately. Um, but but uh, that being said, I mean, I think in terms of the art form that I'm working in, yes, this feels like totally what I want to be doing. I mean, there's no question for me. I mean, there's other things I want to do ultimately. Like, I hope I get to make movies that I can, that are have strong enough fan bases that we can turn into haunted houses, for instance, right? Like that's, uh, that's another, Itch I need to scratch. I, I, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't come to the come play haunted house, which, by the way, <laughs> is out now on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this um, seems really cool, but yeah, I don't know if I could do it. Yeah, one of the biggest bummers was, you know, the movie was released by Focus, which is Universal, and you know, before the pandemic, like there were all these talks about getting a presence in the parks and like at least having a scare zone, if not a maze. And uh, it's just like, then the pandemic happened. And obviously there's way worse things that have happened during the pandemic. So Did I you talk to John Murdy much, about but, it? Uh, no, not about this. I've only met him briefly. Um, just I'll, kind of at, I'll Facebook whatever. message him. You'll get your maze. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, I don't know that it was the big enough, big enough success to warrant a maze, unfortunately, but hopefully the next one, um, that that's the dream, right? Is to get mazes. Yeah. I mean, really that is the dream. I mean, and we, we need to take them away from the purge, which they've done the last nine, 10 years in a row. And it's just, it's, it's done. I I feel it's so over. You can only have the purge 86 for so long, right? It's just, I I can't, I can't hear that alarm anytime soon. But Jacob, when you first started doing movies, I remember when you were graduating film school and your, your, your thesis, I think it was project, um which one i don't know the dog the boy the boy the dog oh yeah it wasn't my thesis but it was a yeah it was a short i made like halfway through film school i this is the first thing i'd ever seen you direct ever and i remember Mm -hmm. you're like hey come come over to my house um and let's i want you uh, let's let's watch this we're gonna have a screening you want to come i was like yeah Yes, I want to come. And I was like, all right, well, let's see, you know, how this is. It was one of the best things I'd ever seen in my life. I'm not just like blowing smoke. Anything I've seen you do, I've been blown away by. Even if you've just been the writer. I want to also touch on not only Come Play, which we'll get to, but another movie that you wrote. Did you, I don't know if you wrote it or, or just directed it or if you, I don't, I don't remember. You're gonna have to tell me. Um, was Four Faced Liar, which I believe was yeah. your first Netflix. I, I directed it. I, I didn't write it. It was written by Marshall right, Lewis Ryan, um, who's a wonderful writer. Um, but yeah, that was my first feature that I directed, indie movie. Um, came out in 2010, I believe. Um, and yeah, it was early, early days of, of streaming on Netflix. Um, yeah, we were one of their... We, we didn't premiere on Netflix. We premiered um, through MTV Films, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, our digital release was was on Netflix, and yeah, that was uh, a whole new new age of streaming. It was we were one of the first movies on there. It was wild. It's crazy that you were a pioneer of what is now just so run of the mill. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I would call myself a pioneer. We were just like we took the deal <laughs> we were offered. You know, I mean, it was uh, that's more what it was. But it, you know, now looking back, it's very cool for sure. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. So Come there, play. There, sorry, sorry. No, no, go ahead. But there was this conversation that you had with me yesterday because I was like, I need to know more about Jacob. And uh, and you're like, so let me tell you this story. <laughs> so here we are. And I think you guys were probably between the ages of eight and 11. And, it was a little, uh, a little older than that. Maybe, I think I was about 13 and Jacob you, was about. You up. tell the story because. No, I was about 14. I, would I say. love the story. Yeah. So when we were in our late, um, uh, I guess, late double digits, early teen years, uh, I don't know if that made any sense, but like we late were- double around, digits? I think we're still yeah. in double digits at well, the moment. Well, I, I know. I'm in the I'm, mid double I'm, digits I can't, right now. I can't, okay. I, can't, I can't like, I can't, I'm 500 years old. So, um, which is why I- You were no teens. <laughs> So we were, we were in our early teens. We were in our early teens and um, we wrote this horror play, which was, you know, this had this twist at the end and and what have you. And we decided to to put on this, this play um, when we were just having a play date and um, we needed one more person to, to be in this play. So we decided to audition our parents and we made a sign in sheet and everything. We made it so official. And uh, we we closed off a uh, one of our um, 
one, like my my bedroom as the audition room. We put a chair there as if you were like really coming into an audition. <laughs> and all of our parents auditioned every adult that was in the room audition. And it was like the most fascinating process. And Jacob and I like sitting behind the table going, no. (laughs) And honestly, the end result was this. None of them are good. (laughs) Who can we choose that's serviceable? And we ended up going with with Jacob's mom, Max. (laughs) And she was she ended up being so good so great and it was so much fun and then we decided a few years later to turn it into a film and i don't know where that video is floating but it's floating somewhere jacob no idea have this video tell me you have it i don't have this video i have no recollection of that video um i remember putting on i remember you had a beast mask I did. And we like used that giant. for some play we put on, like a giant beast mask. Like, it, I remember, yeah. I mean, I used to, I mean, all I used to do with you and by myself was just put on plays. I mean, I think uh, one of my memories of um, when the 94 earthquake happened, um, I, the night before that, I had like put a whole play together. And I, I used to like set up stages. It was like a mini puppet show or something that I used to do for my parents. And I would make posters and I'd paint them around the house, like what time it was going to be on. <laughs> and, uh, and I'd sell tickets to my parents. You did You did and, your own promo in-house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. And I had it all ready to go. Oh, and it was God. like, it was, it was like ready to go the night before the, the show was going to happen the next night. I was so ready for it. I'd been rehearsing by myself. And then the earthquake happened in the middle of the night and, and like my room was destroyed and all I cared about was my play. I was like, my parents like were screaming, like grabbing me in my room. And, and all I was, all I was saying was like, is my play okay? <laughs> oh my God. See, this is, this is, that's great. This is part of the reason why Adam and I do do this podcast. It's, it's those little little stories that that you know you get to share with others, and, and I find absolutely fascinating. So Adam was telling me about you guys were auditioning your parents, and the, the whole sign-in sheet. I was like, oh my god, that's so funny. That is, it's so hilarious. I, I love mean, it that didn't story. even cross my mind that that's something that's not something every kid does. I mean, me neither. Like, yeah, at the time it was so <laughs> mundane for us. Like now, you know, it's I was. Um, that was just part of my life. I don't know. Like I was never so, I never had like video games or, or anything. And, and I'm still terrible at video games because of that, I think. And, um, and I kind of didn't do anything. really good at video games. It's yeah. Very, no, he's, uh, he is, um, he always yeah. had a lot of toys, uh, but uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, I like, all I cared about was putting on productions of things. Uh, well, I mean, look at where, look at where you are now. You're still, doing that exact same thing really just your budget got better that's all that really happened yeah i'm still longing for my parents to come buy tickets to my productions (laughs) (laughs) which i'm sure they do so here you when you when you made come play which um super well received i know that you don't um read uh a lot of the articles or, or critic stuff but it was very well received and deservedly so. Um, 
But I'm fascinated with how it started because it didn't start as just here, make a movie. You actually made a short. And I remember you needed to find someone for stilts. And I recommended um, a brilliant stilt artist, uh, Brett Michael Horn, for you. You were like, I need someone stilts, Adam, Adam, help me. And you made this short. Can you just talk about like the process of short into the movie and all that stuff? Because I'm, it's so cool. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, you know, I've made a ton of shorts in my life and, and often, you know, shorts, I think, I mean, people make shorts for different reasons, but for me, it's ultimately to like show people you can make movies. Uh, and I, I had made shorts, you know, through college and then after college and, and I'd made my first feature, but sort of didn't have the, the big success after that that I wanted. So I kept making shorts and, um, and then I found success as a writer for many years and, uh, started making my living doing that, but was still making shorts on the side because like I wanted to show people like it, I, I could direct too. Um, and a lot of shorts, I think are, a lot of them turned out great and I, I liked better than Larry, frankly. Um, but, uh, but, and they would get me lots of meetings and, and more work as a writer, but never as a director. Um, and uh, eventually I made Larry because I, um, I had this monster costume that I had made for the haunted house for, for Sherwood scare, um, this big stilts costume that, uh, used to be me on stilts walking around the haunted house, uh, scaring. And, um, I had it in the garage still, and I was itching to make another short. I was like, let me take this costume, uh, do something as cheaply as possible. Cause that's always the goal with shorts, at least for me is to spend as little money as possible so I can make more. Um, and, and yeah, I got sort of my band of friends together, uh, shot it over one night, um, using that costume. I, you know, your, your stilts friend ended up not working out, uh, oh, unfortunately. Really? I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I forget, I don't want to disparage anyone because I don't remember the full story. I, I believe it just ended up being like last minute unavailable or something, gotcha. but, um, anyway, ended up using a, a friend of mine and, and, uh, uh, you know, shot it in a night, put it together, shared it with my agents. Um, and as they have done with any other short I had, they shared it with a bunch of people. And this was just a different experience. I mean, this one was like everyone sort of latched onto it and it really connected with people. And I, I think partly, partly because, you know, I think the short turned out good, but, but it also is just a, a genre that I think people have seen success before going from shorts to features. So, um, very quickly, I started having meetings with a ton of companies that were interested in what the feature version would be. I didn't have an idea for the feature version when I first started having those meetings. Um, so I sort of found my way through that pitch of like what it was going to be through the first few meetings and, and then eventually found like, okay, what am I passionate about? What do I love? And, and, you know, it's a whole nother story of how I came up with, with what the movie is, but ultimately um, found the producers that I that really connected with what I wanted to do for the feature. We took it out sort of wide, and then it was a crazy uh, week long like uh, uh, bidding war. Um, like I'd never been in one of those situations before. Uh, you kind of read about them, but it was awesome. And like tons of studios were interested. Came down to a few, and Amblin is ultimately where I went because of Spielberg, obviously, and and also the kind of movie I wanted to make was sort of not just. I, I, not just a horror movie, like something that had a lot of heart and it felt kind of like an Amblin film to me, like especially those early Amblin scary movies. So um, 
yeah, I, it was an incredible experience. I, I feel like it was a mix of, of luck, but also right timing and, and also a ton of practice making lots of stuff before. And, and then also I think, you know, most of the places that were offering to, to do the movie had, were places I had previously like written movies for. So there was like a, a level of trust there, I think, um, at least on the writing side of there. Um, mm. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's how it happens more or less. Uh, it's fascinating. It, it really is because like who, who, you hear stories, as you've said, of like the bidding war, but you've heard, you hear stories of somebody making a short on like YouTube and it just kind of blowing up and then giving opportunities like that. That is a real thing. So I think that should be also very inspirational to uh, a lot of people who want to want their work to be seen. Social media now is something that really can get you seen and something bigger can come from it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, mean, oh, I, I think, I, you know, I agree when, with that 100. Yeah you know, growing up or, you know, 10 years ago, when I used to make shorts, it would always be about film festivals and stuff and like going there. And now I just kind of tell people to avoid I, film festivals can be great for like seeing your short or something like with an audience. But other than that, they don't have much value in my opinion. And this is just one guy's opinion. But to me, more, the goal is to get as many people to see it as possible. <laughs> and, right. and, to, and to make something that's like splashy enough or unique enough that everyone wants to like share it with their friends. So when I talk to people making shorts, it's always like, make it as short as possible, make it obviously good as possible and just put it online. You know, like that to me is, is the best way to go at this point in time. Um, because I know executives watch short films on YouTube and when they get passed around shorts, they will watch them. Um, will they go to some film festival out of town? No, probably not. Um, but, uh, but will they sit at their computer and watch a five minute short? Yes. So um yeah I, I think it's definitely like there's plenty of examples before me i mean sandberg um with lights out and mama and um you know district nine like there's lots of great shorts that have been turned into um features successfully so so i do think that's a, still a pretty viable path to to things working out absolutely and I mean, I, I don't believe that it's just luck with you. It may have been luck with the timing because timing, you know, you just have to, as long as you're prepared, um, when that timing comes to be able to, to hit the curveball, you know, which you've trained a lot for. And it may have been luck on timing, but definitely your skill was able to capitalize on that moment. So, um, Thanks. Maybe yeah. maybe it is a little bit of luck, but it's also, you know, preparedness of swinging the bat a million times and knowing when to fire. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I the story I, I like to tell people is that when <clears throat> when this happened, I had I just had a TV show fall apart. You know, like I had this TV show called Harmony that, that was yeah. um, at ABC that was the closest thing I had gotten to getting made before that. Um, it, it was, we were a couple weeks from production uh, when it got shut down and it, it had this, uh, you know, Stephen Schwartz wrote the music with me, which was amazing. And um, the writer was Wicked, directing. By the way. Oh, is it? Um, yeah, like the music. Wow. Yeah. I like um, and, and John Chu was directing who, who mm. you know, went on to do In the Heights and Crazy mm -hmm. Rich Asians. Um, so it was like a great crew together and, and it was devastating when it fell apart, um, you know, and 
those I have had way more of those experiences than the complete experiences, unfortunately, right? Um, and and when I made when I was doing harmony, there was like a, a Friday when I got a call from the network saying we we aren't moving forward. Um, you know, I came home crying, very upset, and my wife, uh, you know, said to me like, "Hey, people are interested in this Larry short film. Like, why don't you figure out what that feature is going to be?" And so truly, that that was the day that I wrote all my thoughts together into what I thought the feature could be. Um, and in the next week or so, we had had that bidding war situation. So it was like, try. I always try as best as I can to like fight through those pain losses, those little deaths and just do the next thing um, because it really is, the industry is a numbers game and you just have to have so many things going at once to like hope that one of them gets made. Um, otherwise you're just going to be depressed all the time because when, you know, earlier in my career, I think I would focus on one thing and I'd be like, this is my movie I'm going to make next. And it's like, I'd get a great cast together. I'd get some money together, but then it would fall apart for some other reason. And, um, and then it's like, oh, now I have nothing. So I, I try never to be in that position again and to make sure I have enough where it's like when things fall apart, there's something else that I'm still excited about. Well, so it, it sounds like you learn from your mistakes and, and it's uh it, i love i love the term uh your your evolution you're you're evolving so you're you're learning with every mistake or you're learning with every you know downfall which is you know what adam and by adam <laughs> this is what 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 adam and i do. Adam <laughs> i don't know adam's pushing buttons again um but uh yeah i it we had on uh we had on uh who jay duckworth jay duckworth and and the biggest thing that i took away from our conversation with that uh is that failure failure is an option uh you you learn from failure you you learn how to rebound you learn how to use that that energy to matter you know how painful or whatever it is um mm -hmm. to your benefit and so it sounds like you figured out how to do that um and you know you, while things didn't work out for your your series uh, you you came out with another wonderful product, which I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to because I'm excited to see it. I don't come play looks scary, um, honestly. Uh, and I love a good scare movie. Um, but even the trailer, if you guys haven't seen the trailer for uh, for come play, oh, it's so <laughs> good. Uh, Larry looks awesome. And I did watch your uh, I watched your short uh, Amy. Oh, yeah. and, cool. and and that was a it didn't it didn't go in the direction i thought it was going to go you know just a, the, the way the way that your short started and and i was like the the there was a conversation that adam and i had it was it was months ago when we were talking about people making shorts and and you have to care about the characters and the development and you know within like 15 minutes i cared about both of those those characters within the first it must have been the first two minutes you know when when cool. that first when the first interaction happens and uh and so i watched the whole thing it was really really good you know so i'm gonna make sure i link your website uh to everything uh on on our social media cool. so thank you watch thanks for watching things. that stuff what's up can you guys hear me hold on no uh okay you're good there we go. yeah your game's good now what's also really cool um is that jacob i think you can attest to this is that sometimes the project you 
are most married to, that you want so bad, is not the project that takes off for you. And I think people being in the entertainment industry, being young writers, directors, actors, or what have you, anywhere you are in the industry, but especially as a writer and a director, you have to see what the what is selling. And that may not always be the project that you are like, oh, but I really want to make this. But if you follow the process and trust the process, get through those things that are selling right now. You will be able to do that dream project because then you will be able to fund it yourself to be able to get that out. But I, but I think that you just have to kind of be adaptable to how your projects are selling and be able to make that the best it can be. How do you feel about that? I mean, yes, I, I for the most part agree with that. I, I think I will say what I don't think ever works is when you're chasing what people are selling. I think if you like, if I didn't already love horror, I don't think I could have found success writing horror stuff and directing sure. horror stuff. Sure. You know, I have friends that don't like horror and they're trying now to like get into horror because that's what people are buying right now. Mm. And that doesn't work. Like you have to do what you sort of love. And uh, I, I truly believe that like the things you're the most passionate about are the things that end up happening. You know, I'm passionate about a lot of stuff, but, but like, you know, if the things that I'm not passionate about that I've worked on in the past, which I really try not to do these days, but you know, definitely there are jobs I've taken in the past, like writing jobs that like I thought was a good opportunity or something, but like ultimately I didn't love the product. And um, I think those ones you can always kind of tell, like you can always, you in your heart, it's like your whole heart isn't in it. And then other people can kind of feel that. And then it just kind of doesn't work. So I, I do think, you know, ultimately, the studios are going to make what they're going to make, right? Like, mm -hmm. but it has to be what you fully believe in. I mean, whenever I pitch something and what I tell people when I'm giving advice on pitching is like, all that really matters is why you, why now? Like, why does it have to be you telling the story? And why are you the only person in the world that can tell this story? And that all comes from a place of like where your heart's at and your emotional connection to a story or a character or an idea, whatever. Um, and, and if you don't have that, then yeah, you can't just like chase a, a fad or something. I don't think. Well, I was relating it to my TikTok kind of videos where I'm saying, I love everything I produce on my TikTok. However, there are some videos I personally like more than others. But sometimes those videos are not the ones that get the millions sure. of views. Sometimes there's just one that just clicks. And you're like, that one, that's the one that clicked? Oh, okay. And then you kind of understand more of a formula of what you want to make work and how to make right. that work is what I'm more relating to. It's not that I'm gotcha. saying, hey, if horror is work, if, if horror is selling, write horror, even though you've never read a, wrote a horror movie in your life. Uh, I'm saying yeah. that if if you or if you're pro pa passionate about Project A and you also really enjoyed Project B, but Project B they really want, and your Project A they they're like me, you know, right. of, of invest yeah. in that project. Yeah, I mean that sounds that makes sense to me. I you know I think you'd be surprised how many people just chase things. I mean like every sure. meeting you have now, everyone wants Ted Lasso because oh, right that's because nice. that's, that's what's selling. Exactly. And it's like, no, like that show worked because it was like counter to what everyone else was producing. It was such a mm -hmm. specific tone 
Um, and and you can't recreate that. Like you have to make stuff that you love. I mean, no one knew like Haunting of Hill House was going to work. No one knew A Quiet Place was going to work. Like these are all these are all big swings, and they all connected with audiences. And and you have to kind of take the swings. I think. Speaking of Haunting of Hill House, the second season, um, The Manor, um, Haunting of Hill House, Blythe Manor, Blythe Manor, I felt was a thousand times better than the first season. My opinion. Gotcha. So, I have not seen the second I like season. Better. I must admit, it, um, it's way better. And I, I think you should because I, I feel like it's, it's well, it's better performed. And I give a crap about every single character. I feel like in the first one, sometimes I was like just uninvested because it more for me felt like it was about let's scare you instead of investment in characters. And you know that I love investment in people, and I felt like I was more invested. In the actual characters themselves. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I strongly disagree with that. I haven't seen the second one, but like that first season for me, like was heartbreaking and just retching and like, I just fucking loved it. And, and watch the I second thought, one. I'm telling you. And I love that the first season wasn't about the scares to me. Like there was some good scares in it, but ultimately like it was about that trauma and about sort of this family coming together. I don't know. I, I love the first season, but, but I'm looking forward to the second season at some point. I, I am, I feel upset at myself i haven't watched it yet but <laughs> it's great sometimes when you're writing horror it's all day it's sometimes hard to like bring yourself to watch oh oh you mean like when you're doing wicked and then one of your friends comes and picks you up to take you to lunch jacob chase and then he's playing wicked the entire time that we are going to lunch did i do that yes that you awful. did uh, I'm, I'm sorry i did that and i i, I remember looking at you and i went I have another show. Can we not? That's funny. <laughs> That's literally all I said. And you're like, oh my God, I didn't even realize, of course. <laughs> but it made for such a great That's story. That's hilarious. It made for such a good story. And I remember iPhone 2 had like just come out and you were like sitting there with your iPhone 2 and you're like, this is the best thing I've ever held in my hands. And lo and behold, you were right because it's the best thing I've ever held in my hands. So <laughs> Hilarious. Um... Yeah, that's that's funny. I went to my first uh, Broadway show since the pandemic over the weekend. Um, Hamilton, which was amazing. No, we went and saw Hades Town in in New York. Oh, cool! Um, oh, great! You saw Reeve. Uh, yeah, saw Reeve uh, and everybody else. Uh, I, I had seen it before the pandemic. It was one of the last shows I saw before the pandemic, and I loved it. Mm. I, I got to go with Jet, take Jess, my wife, and and Yay. share it with her. Which I, I just love that show, and and also it was amazing to be back in a theater with a whole group of vaccinated people and feeling very safe, and also just the magic of like the cast on stage just being so grateful to be there and the audience being grateful. It was super cathartic. That's freaking oh, that's awesome. awesome. We 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 talk about this a lot. Like I uh, I, I I am not a fan of watching musicals uh, like on yeah. a screen, like like a television. Um, but it is it's there's something much more different when you're with other people and you're experiencing, uh, you know, a play or a performance or a musical in person. There's a different feeling that comes with it altogether. That and it's it's yeah. a social thing, you know. And even if you're not social, it's it's okay, you know. It's yeah. it's it's the purest form of, of of magic, I feel, because everyone's sharing in this moment that can never come back again. You know, there yeah. there'll be another show, sure, but never like the one you saw. Yeah, and that's yeah, so that's very true. interesting. 
There's nothing like sitting in an audience of people and you just hear everybody crying together. <laughs> I mean, it's it's truly the most magical thing, whether it's a movie or, or a play or a musical on stage. Like it's just, uh, to me, there's something so special about that moment that that's what I yearn for constantly. Yeah. So is it your goal with theater, is your goal with theater to write a musical? Is your goal with theater to direct musicals what do what with theater because you you know you, you're accomplishing your goal and moving further and further up in uh the theatrical world and the television world but what's your goal with theater i don't know honestly i mean i just i mean i still i keep developing musical projects in tv and film um so i know like part of me wants to like take that art form into you know in, into movies as so many people have done obviously but um uh, I mean, I would love to like go the Sam Mendes route and like direct theater. Like he's an incredible theater director uh, yeah. as well. Um, I mean, he's directed so much great theater, but the Ferryman most recently is is what I saw that he had done that was just blew my mind. And it's just creates, you know, creating that same tension that he creates in film, but on stage is was just remarkable. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think. Directing theater is something I would certainly love to do. I, I have ideas of things, you know, I really want to make like a horror play um, work. I, I have stuff I've written that have, you know, gotten close to pursuing that I just kind of never have. So yeah, in my, um, in my dreams, that'll happen one day, hopefully. Uh, but I, I'm pretty open. I don't know. I, I just love theater. So any way I can be involved in, in theater, honestly. Um, uh, and there's some small part of me that like wishes I could perform on stage again, but I don't know if that'll ever happen. <laughs> I think it'll happen if you really wanted it to happen. I have complete faith and trust in your ability as a human being to make it happen if you really wanted to make it happen. Yeah, I, uh, I, I appreciate you saying that. I don't know. It's, it's a... Uh, uh, it's just, you know, how it is. I mean, just like the whole auditioning thing, you know, that's just not it's something annoying. I can do anymore. Like the pitching process is essentially auditioning and it sucks, uh, but, but it's, you know, what I do weekly. So. Um, well, I wouldn't be enough. surprised if, if you wrote something and it was like, Hey, doing this thing at this theater and guess what? I'm going to be in it now. <laughs> so I think that would, I think that, that would, that's probably the way it would happen. <laughs> Most likely. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to really believe that I was the best person for it, uh, which yeah. is hard to um, hard to imagine at the moment with so many amazing actors. I hear that. I, I definitely hear that. I, I think that I would feel the same way about, about a project too, is that if you have to be able to release that, if somebody better for yeah. the role comes along for sure. Yeah. Um, you also helped me with my pilot that I that I wrote, which has gone through many um, a change in all of these things. It's evolving. And, um, it's ever evolving, and I've rewritten it again. And I'm gonna have to. Uh, I don't know if I've sent you the the latest version, but it's very different from the last thing you you read and wrote. And I think um, you are my dream director for this project should it ever come to fruition. So just so you know, if I can afford you at the time <laughs> and you are available 
and you have time that that is my dream is to get this thing up and running and have you direct it as a person who not only enjoyed magic but did it themselves i like to keep things as in the family as so to speak as possible so oh well that's very nice of you to say um i obviously would love to work with you again so if if that opportunity arises you know where to find me yeah we'll see yeah. we shall see <laughs> uh guess what though did you know that for being on this podcast you get things you get you a get, prize you get like a, a whole prize package <laughs> i did not know that that's exciting <laughs> i can't wait to hear what it is all right tell him what I, he's won justin all right well <laughs> Today, our contestants will be going home with, hold on, I have to share the screen because I'm awful at this, Holy, to figure this thing out. Uh, Streamlabs, again, was acting goofy. Uh, oh, so, I don't know. Can you see my face, too? See, I don't know. How yeah. So, anyway, I, 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 will, I will tell you about our sponsors. So, first of all, we have Masonic uh, Tartan Aprons. I, myself, am a Freemason. Uh, this gentleman here to the right, uh, this is Sam. Sam creates these hand, handmade aprons for the Freemason community. Um, and the cool thing is, is that he's decided to branch off into little things like um, cufflinks. So you're going to be receiving a set of cufflinks, which are handmade by him. So they're all individual. They're all unique. Um, and all, all this is is just the uh, the uh, the Masonic tartan, uh, just made into cufflinks. But he wanted to be like, hey, put this out there and see if anybody wants it. I'm like, okay, absolutely. So you so get cufflinks for free. You get cufflinks. Right. Cool. Cufflinks well, thank free. you. It's awesome. Uh, very nice of you. And but there's more. But wait, there's more. Hold on. Why isn't this behaving? It's never behaving. Because you. It's not my fault. It is. All right. And then we Very have uh, Miss Marita's Hard Candy Slides. Mm. This is all handmade stuff. So we, we, have, we have somewhat of a theme here. <laughs> um, this is candy that is made in a gentleman's house. Uh, he in his living room. One pot. That's yeah, it. One, him. one pot he makes every batch by hand. Uh, and they're, you know, they're lined up all over here and I've got more up there. They're, it's all over the place. But um, he's, he says, you know, why don't you give uh, a bottle of candy to every, every person that's on? I'm like, okay, I can do and that. And you get to pick your flavor, which is just really you, nice. You do get to wow. pick your flavor. And it's, uh, it's a, I if, I, if I have it, <laughs> it's a, it's a big bottle. It I is mean, that's my, huge, it's my it, Gladys, oh, stupid blur. That's my Gladys bottle. Oh, hey, look at this. Miss so Marie's Hard Candy Slides. This is their wow. website. This is hardcandyslides.com. Uh, and for our backstage listeners, uh, use promo code backstage10 uh, and you receive 10% off of your order. But to kind of give you an idea and everybody else that's either can see or not see, they have, he's, he's kind of like the Willy Wonka of hard candy, right? It's and, so good, too. It's the best hard candy I've ever had. It's a very like clean genuinely. candy is the only way I can explain it to where a lot of candies for me, uh, you can taste the chemicals and everything else in it. And this is yeah. just, it is just what it is. It is flavoring and sugar. <laughs> just how candy <laughs> should be. And they're like $8.61. Um, but they're all individually handmade. And wow. it's wonderful. And so, the, the juice and fruity tastes exactly like juicy fruit gum. It just lasts like, and Only it just lasts a billion times longer. It's so good. So oh. good. Wow. I love it so much. 
So yeah, this looks you delicious. get to pick your pick your I candy can't... and okay, you get some candy. Sweet. Thank you guys. So Very nice. I will I will be sending these out to you. Um, and then, uh, you know, hopefully you enjoy them and, and, you know, but thank you to our sponsors, bless you. Uh, thank you to our sponsors for providing, uh, such wonderful things and, and trinkets where Adam and I have this goal, uh, to have the best swag bag in the yeah. podcast. So we're, we're building industry. up to it. <laughs> we're building up to it. Nice. We've got some uh, other very things cool. in the works. But this is, this I've, is I've never gotten candy for being on a podcast before. So <laughs> See, this is new or cufflinks. It's pretty People sweet. Like cufflinks. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> now you could have to buy a, a French cuff shirt. Which <laughs> well, he he just go to the Magic Castle. There you go. Yeah. Come back to the Magic Castle and wear his cufflinks. There, that's <laughs> perfect. I don't and wear cufflinks, so for anybody that's missing, rolled up. I have all of my lights red. Because, and this is just for Mike, he didn't ask me to do this, but I am so stoked for this. Uh, Michael Askey versus Blake Foster in the oh, world's Saturday. toughest ranger this Saturday on the 18th at the Union uh, Union Events Event Center in Salt Lake City. It is the fight for the world's toughest ranger. So Michael Askey, the original red Power Ranger, why am I, why does it look like my face is frozen? You are frozen. No, you are Elsa. Stupid. Well, come bye, Oh no, no, that's. I'm right here. <laughs> I don't Elsa's know what's going on. Out. Wait, hold on. I'm coming back. It looks nope, like I'm you're not whistling, giggling. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. All right, that's fine. Anyway, I can I can voice over this. Uh, so anyway, they've got a big fight coming up this Saturday in Salt Lake City. I'm stoked mainly because. That's awesome. I'm back. Okay, perfect. Uh, Michael Lasky is also my kickboxing trainer. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for him just to pummel Blake. Oh, me too. To bits and pieces. I can't wait. I honestly can't wait to see that. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Jacob, Jacob actually bought tickets, so he's taking his girlfriend to an MMA Oh, he, like, in, in the real life? Yeah. Jacob, do you watch do you watch uh, MMA at all? I know that you've been he, he does you, you, he, he you does did practice some martial arts when you were a kid, but yeah, I, I watch I watch no sports of any kind, uh, unfortunately. He but, just sits uh, in a room and writes about them. Uh, I, I am not the guy to write about sports, but I am right, I am glad I'm, other I'm not, people not, enjoy yeah. them. I'm I am <laughs> I'm not the sports guy either, but um, I had to. I'll, I'll leave. Yeah, get out of here, Adam. Uh, but I had to prepare to, like to just talk to Michael Lasky because I, I didn't know anything about MMA or or what he was doing, and it was fascinating. And now I'm doing yeah. kickboxing, so I oh, overdid yeah. it again. <laughs> of course you did, um, Jacob. Like honestly, this is uh, this has been freaking awesome, man. Um, I love talking with you about all of these things and. Um, about your passions and about your projects and such what on the horizon are you able to talk about that you feel comfortable with <laughs> saying hey this is something i'm really excited about um most of the stuff i can't talk about but i did i directed a tv show uh four episodes of this show that comes out um next month called the girl in the woods um that's going to be on peacock 
Uh, it's, mm. it's like a YA horror uh, show that's super awesome, very original, great cast, great writing, um, very happy to be a part of it. So I hope people dig it. Um, I directed the last four episodes of the season. Um, so I got a big, pretty cool action-packed finale. Uh, that's awesome. To look forward to. Yeah. Um, and then I've got a couple movies that are in development, but you know, I'm someone that doesn't like talking about stuff until it's actually out there and people can see it. Fair enough as it should be. Where can people find you on social media if they want to keep up with your latest works? Uh, you know, I'm terrible with social media, so I don't know my like handles or anything, but I'm sure if you just search my name, you can find me pretty easily. I have an yeah, Instagram. I, think... uh, I don't really Twitter use Twitter very much. It's okay. Um, but I, I'm on there if you want to follow me. I just don't really say much. <laughs> Well, that's uh, all right. You're you're an observer. You're a Twitter observer. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't that work really too. on anything else. I, I haven't I have not looked into TikTok yet or anything. Um, but it sounds like people are loving it. It's fun, man. I bet you if you started doing one minute shorts for TikTok, they would destroy. You would destroy TikTok that you would be so yeah. popular. I'm not kidding. You would destroy it because it is exactly like a YouTube type of platform. And you can do three minute videos. You can do up to three minutes. Um, it's difficult to have people watch the whole three minutes, but for you, not impossible. Um, no, for, for you, well, just, so, for, just for what I've seen so far, it, it you're very engaging. Like, uh, well, I, I just keep watching. Very nice of you. Um, I uh, uh, I will I will look at TikTok at some point. I'm sure. I, I still have never even gotten into Snapchat, so I'm a few platforms behind. I think it's all right. Uh, I, I never got into Snapchat or Vine, but TikTok for some reason is much better because you can edit off the system and import into TikTok itself. Ah, so, mm-hmm. it, cool. like anything where you edit on TikTok is blah, 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 you know. Edit right. off the system, import your good. So yeah, I didn't know you could do that. That's cool. Yeah, um, you do like magic videos on TikTok. I do magic sketch comedy. Yeah, so oh, I am cool. my own assistant or my own spectator, and I'm also the magician. So I have Gladys, uh, nice. who is this woman that I character that I've made up, and she is my spectator, and she is a Karen, and I. It's it's mostly um, a. Um, cathartic experience because it's everything that i've heard in uh in magic gigs and performances that make me go and i make sketches out of them now so there right well i'm gonna look that up i had no idea you were doing that i'm gonna get into that <laughs> yeah man it's really fun it's really, cool. really fun well, that, it, then you just got over a million followers so that's a huge i did I, did I think i, did. I met you a couple when days you 38 maybe 40,000 probably yeah that sounds about right it's crazy it's been such a journey for you that's a lot of followers that's amazing it's insane (laughs) which is why I'm saying now I'm going to use this leverage for the pilot yeah Jacob okay absolutely but anyway Justin where can we find you on the socials I am on the socials at this is Justin Claypool on Instagram at uh, JC Photography or jclaypool.photography on TikTok. Um, but, you know, basic stuff like that. Uh, and, and then as far as our social media on uh, Instagram, it's backstage pass uh, on Inst- yeah, Instagram and then the same on TikTok. 
as long as you're listening means you found us. Uh, but for those that don't know, uh, I think I figured out every streaming platform there is, and it is uh, Backstage Pass with Justin and Adam. Uh, we're the only ones that have the, the lovely little logo that is very easy to find. So it looks like that. Yeah. And right. th this this episode should be out probably within the next day or two. And um, yeah, you know, make sure you go give everybody a follow. I'm going to link everybody uh, and our sponsors and discounts and all the good stuff when I when I do the uh, the, the drop on uh, anchor. So does anybody I mean, else have anything? Well, I am also this is Adam Wiley on all platforms, which is Instagram, TikTok, Facebook and also Twitch, which you can see us play video games nightly. Um, speaking of which, yeah, well, Jacob, we'll get you to play video games. No. That's <laughs> being there. But uh, this was a blast, man. And I really appreciate you coming on and um, just letting me talk to you about our experiences growing up as well as what you're doing now it just it makes my heart happy so well I, I love i love the shares that's what i love about this um you know i get to hear about you know like i know adam now you know i don't i don't know how adam was you know when he was much much younger very you know, annoying very similar <laughs> very very similar um, very annoying uh, very um, annoying okay uh yeah know, no this I don't, I didn't, I mean, it's awesome to hear that stuff because I didn't even remember some of those stories. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, uh, very fun to, to reminisce about uh, those things when we were a kid. And I, I still, I don't know, I love just putting on plays with, with uh, you and my other friends as kids because that's, Absolutely. I don't know, the most uh, innocent creation where you don't have to worry about anybody else's opinions of you. It's awesome. 100%. Yeah, and you audition your parents. That was hilarious. Well, the, the, the parents me? that didn't get cast were replaced by puppets. So there was the that. <laughs> oh, I, I heard I heard that. I was just, oh, it, it's, it's such, you guys took it so serious. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. I love it's that. the only way to take it. So much. <laughs> Based on, and you know, and let's, let's end, let's end on that. This is, that's, that's a good positive note. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love that story so much. And I thank you guys, both of you for, for sharing and, and letting me in and, you know, our, our viewers or listeners or whatever. And that was awesome. So I appreciate you. Thank you, Jacob. Um, there's definitely things I need to go watch now. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for having me. Awesome to be here. I appreciate uh, the opportunity. And this is great. Good to meet you, Justin and Adam. We got to get together soon, back in Absolutely. person now that, you know, we're both vaccinated. Totally. Absolutely. Totally agree. So, all right, everybody, make sure you uh, stay safe, uh, be courteous to one another, be kind. And, uh, and until next time, bye. 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 Bye.